Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm a little team adding the second hanging out with uh, Mr. Adam Long from Focus Newspaper. Adam, what's that website for your newspaper, man? That's www.focusnewspaper.com. You can find Adam's reviews there and all sorts of other good stuff as well. And you can always find us on WGWG.org and uh, click on the uh, SoundCloud link, and that'll take you to CinemaScene, and you'll be able to find all of our archive shows that you can listen to anytime you want to. They're per- it's, it's perfect to listen to CinemaScene when you're running, you know, out on the open road, when you're, when you're driving uh, through a drive-thru, you know, share it with, with the, the drive-thru personnel. Uh, you know, even if you just, you know, stop at a street corner, turn it up really loud, you're at a stoplight, and just let everybody uh, in, enjoy the voices of Adam Long and Noel T. Manning II, and, and the wisdom that Adam provides from his years of research. So there you go. That, is, that, is that the plug <laughs> that we needed to have, man? The website? No, is that uh, was that was that the best plug that we could provide? No, that was a great plug. Right, was, oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, awesome <laughs> plug. What can all I right. tell you? Well, man, uh, Adam, we do talk movies right here on uh, Gardner Web University Radio. We talk about all sorts of things. We have hot topics. We'll dive into. We look at box office results, DVDs, um, and Blu-ray releases. Uh, and we haven't done that in a long time, uh, so we probably ought to, ought to try to fit that in. And maybe we could fit that in at the beginning. Uh, so well, we, we so we don't don't want. miss out on that, and um, let's, let's do that, and, and we'll tease people. A hot topic today: we're going to talk about Will Ferrell films uh, since uh, his film Get Hard opened up last weekend. But uh, let's hear some uh, Blu-ray releases that you want to share. All right. Well, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good things that are uh, heading our way, and we can do uh, we can start. Well, of course, this week we had um, uh, Interstellar. Of course, right. found yeah. its way to Blu-ray on, uh, I guess that was Tuesday, I think it was. Uh, or maybe it was a week before that, but yeah, it was Tuesday, it was Tuesday. Uh, <clears throat> but th- yeah, this week we had some good, good, uh, I- interesting releases, and this will give us some things to talk about, too. How about Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold? Oh, yes. <laughs> I do remember that, man. <laughs> they were, you know, thinking that it might take over and, and become the Indiana Jones, but it just didn't quite do it. No, it's uh, kind of like the low-rent version of uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it, was, you know, it was pretty pretty lame-o, to say the oh, least. Oh, yeah. But, oh, absolutely. And there was a second one, I do believe. Weren't yeah. there two of those films? Yeah, and actually, I think they ended up doing some for uh, for TV as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I'd forgotten all about that movie. Yeah. I, that's, uh, that, that says a lot about that film, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, those uh, that that actually got issued. Uh, uh, also, Alice's Restaurant, which uh, with Arlo Guthrie, yes. directed by Arthur Penn. That was this, this was the first film he made after Bonnie and Clyde, right? And it's based on the album uh, Ar- um, Alice's Restaurant, the song Alice's Restaurant by uh, Arlo Guthrie, and it's kind of like a you know just a. <laughs> it's, it was rare back then that they would that they would make a film out of a song, but yeah. uh, they oh, did, yeah. and uh, it's it's actually a. You know, it's very much a piece of its uh, of its time. Uh, you know, late sixties, sixty nine, but uh, very enjoyable film, and I, it's something that I like to revisit from time to time. Uh, also, Ingmar Bergman's Cries and Whispers from nineteen seventy two, which was a nominee for Best Picture of the Year uh, back then, still a very powerful film. Um, and the cinematography in that film is just outstanding. It's uh, the film is just. Uh, it, it it's just filled with all these dark reds and all of this 
you know, the, the colors are just, they're so vibrant. And uh, anyway, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of the Blu-ray of uh, Cries and Whispers because I know it's just going to look spectacular. And uh, also have a Diamond Lux edition of Gravity. So I guess they're still trying to, uh, you know, squeeze as many dollars out of uh, Gravity as they possibly can. Uh, you know, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know what's different about this one. But anyway, The Imitation Game, uh, Best Picture nominee yep. for this year. Uh, yep. Terrific film, if you ask me. Anyway, oh, yeah. It was a great uh, film. It. Great and film. It's coming out. Uh, David and Lisa, which was a cult film from 1962. That's on its way out uh, to release as well. Here's one from the 80s. How about this one? Uh, Night Game with Roy Scheider. Oh, you wow, this yeah. One? I do, man. I do. That's uh, that's one from the past. That's for sure. Yep, yep. That was, uh, that's, that's another one. Uh, and how about Hoop Dreams uh, from yeah. the 90s? Oh, what a, what a great doc. Great doc yeah. there. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, Criterion's doing a, a release on that. And, of course, you know, that's, that, that was a film that probably would have fallen under the radar had Siskel and Ebert not championed the film as much as they did. Uh, they, were, right. they were very much responsible for uh, making that film, getting it out in the public consciousness at a time when we didn't have streaming and didn't have uh, a lot of social media and things of that nature to get the word out on these films. The only thing we had was, were, you know, like Siskel and Ebert and, and avenues like that, and they championed this film every chance they got, and the word, uh, the, the 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 word got out in the street, and the distributors were lining up at the door to because they had gone through every distributor at 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 one point, and everybody had turned them down. And when Siskel and Ebert started championing the film, they lined up were lining up at the door to sign deals with, yes. with uh, Steve James, the director yeah. of the film, who yeah. also ironically went on to make the film about Roger Ebert's life last year, Life Itself. Oh, so. I loved, and I loved that uh, that documentary about Ebert. I really did. Yeah, I did too. Terrific, terrific oh, film. Terrific. Wow. Um, also, Wild with uh, Reese Witherspoon was out yes. this week. Uh, yeah. Terrific film as well. One of my favorite films from last year. I'm right and there with what, you, man. It was on my list. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Good stuff for sure. And what did you do in the war, Daddy? Uh, this is an interesting movie if any of our listeners aren't familiar with it because it is the film that led to the casting of Carol O'Connor as Archie Bunker. Uh, the film is directed by Blake Edwards, and it's a you know, typical Blake Edwards comedy. It's, it's good. It's, 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 it's a funny movie. Great Henry Mancini score as well. Uh, but he, Archie, uh, I mean, Archie, Carol O'Connor <laughs> is playing a, a character in the film similar, you know, with a, with a simple, similar temperament as Archie Bunker. Right. And because of his blustery performance in the, in that film, uh, Norman Lear was, just happened to have seen the film and he was casting for the pilot, uh, Till Death Do Us Part, I think was the pilot or whatever, that would eventually become All in the Family, and he brought him in. And at that point, Carol O'Connor was just a, ca a character actor who had been toiling around in, you know, a lot of Hollywood features, but wasn't really a household name. He'd been in Cleopatra and a lot of, you know, just movies like that. You'd see his face turn up. Point Blank was another one. Yeah. And uh, after What Did You Do in the War, Daddy, he, he uh, wound up getting the part of Archie Bunker, and, his, of course, he became synonymous with that character for the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that—that's a film that, if any of our listeners haven't haven't seen, I would recommend seeking it out. Not just because of of that, but because it's a pretty funny movie, actually. Yeah. Pretty funny war comedy um, that predates Mash. Right, right. So uh, yeah. anyway, those are a 
few things. That, okay. Oh, and one more. Let's see if you. I'm going to test your uh, uh, memory and your nostalgia quotient on this one. How about uh, how to beat the high cost of living from 1980? <laughs> oh man, wow! It's it's probably I probably haven't seen that since 1980. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what the audience uh, for. Uh, how to beat the high cost of living would be. Uh, I can't imagine people lining up at the doors to no, uh, no. You know, b- buy a copy of that on Blu-ray. But for whatever reason, it's yeah. getting issued. As are the Dirty Dozen television films. You remember when oh, uh, man, the Dirty yeah. Dozen, they brought them back as a couple of TV movies yeah, back in the 80s? I do. I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, I do remember that now. That yeah, the Dirty yeah. Dozen Deadly Mission and the Dirty Dozen The Fatal Mission. They're coming out as a double feature on, uh, on uh, Blu-ray. So, Good deal. Anyway, just a few things that are uh, perfect that, come, that came down to Pike this past Tuesday. Well, that's great. And there's one I'm going to mention. This is under the radar. It's been out. Uh, it was released last month. Uh, uh-huh. Not one that a lot of people are aware of. The movie's called Rewrite. Uh, stars um, J.K. Simmons, who won an Oscar. Allison Janney is in this. Marissa Tomei. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, directs this. Uh, Chris Elliott, also from, uh, from Letterman, uh, pops up in this. But it's, you know, it's, a, it's a, just an interesting story about uh, an Oscar-winning writer who uh, ends up teaching at a college. And uh, he's having a few struggles, and so he decides, hey, you know, maybe teaching is, is the way to go. Um, it you know, just from a story standpoint and that concept, it's it's well worth checking out. I don't know if, I don't mm-hmm. know if you had a chance to see it, but not many people did. But just with that pool of talent, um, I, I would I would recommend uh, recommend checking it out uh, just for that, if, if nothing else. I, and I've always been a fan of uh, of Hugh Grant um, and his and his comedy. His just uh, his dry comedy just has always appealed to me. Right. Yeah. So that film is called Rewrite, and it is available on Blu-ray and DVD as well. Uh, well yeah, that, uh, we'll have to look that up. I've, I've heard some talk about that, uh, but I haven't seen it, I admit, so I will have to definitely look for that. Good deal. Yeah, and, and it's like I said, it's not a, uh, a great film, but it's, it's, it's well worth checking out just from the sensibilities of uh, you and I both loving Hollywood and the Hollywood. Any, anytime there's a movie about Hollywood... When Hollywood makes fun of itself uh, in ways, it I just I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the writer of the film and the director Mark Lawrence. Um, so I'd recommend uh, checking it out. Rewrite is the name of the movie. Yeah, awesome. Good deal. Pretty good. Uh, weekend box office last week. Uh, there were let's see how many uh, debuts. There were uh, five or six debuts in uh, in in release. Uh, just a few of those wide release, really a couple of those in wide release, and they did finish up in the top two. Uh, number five, It Follows, uh, was number five last week. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Cinderella uh, was number four, $150 million so far uh, after a few weeks. Uh, Divergent Series Insurgent uh, dropped down to number three last weekend. But uh, total gross, $85.8 million. Uh, budget of $110 million. It'll make its money back, but uh, not as fast as I think they expected. Um, I think they were expecting a little to go a little faster, uh, reaching that hundred million dollar mark. Uh, Get Hard, uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Kevin Hart hit theaters uh, last weekend, and uh, that movie was number two uh, with thirty three million dollars, thirty three point eight million, and actually no competition. Uh, the number one film, um, Wow, Home, uh, brought in fifty two point one million dollars. Uh, the uh, you know, first really big animated film that's uh, that's done this kind of thing. Uh, in a while, uh, so families are still trying to find ways to to get to the box office. Uh, worldwide total on this, 
Adam, $107.8 million. Uh, voices in this include uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Steve Martin, Rihanna, and uh, Jim Parsons as the voice of a of an alien that's uh, that's that's kind of in this unique balance in between uh, his home world and Earth, and um, it's a it's a it's a story you know about friendship, uh, a story about sacrifice, and a story about what you're willing to do uh, to to take care of those that you really care about. That's the story. Um, it, it's fun. Um, you know, Jim Parsons, uh, people may know him if they watch The Big Bang Theory. He's uh, he's won uh, several awards, uh, Critics' Choice Awards. I think he's also won some Emmy Awards for his work on The Big Bang Theory as Sheldon Cooper. And uh, he does a great job as the voice of this uh, this kind of lovable yet goofy alien. And that's a fun film. If, if you know, families are looking for something to take, uh, take their kids to see, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, a solid B-plus for me on home. It's got uh, got some great music. You know, animation, uh, it's, it's not anything that's going to blow you away other than what you've seen before. But uh, the story, the characters, uh, it's, that's definitely worth, worth checking out. The, the one thing that, um, uh, the one negative I'll give it is uh, Rihanna's voice. She's supposed to be like playing a seventh grader, and I just kind of didn't buy that. That was the one thing. That was, kind of the, <laughs> that was the drawback for me uh, was Rihanna. But uh, families will like it. And um, so for that purpose, I'm going to recommend Home because that's the director's intent. Uh, and it works. Uh, get hard. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to recommend this unless you just absolutely have nothing else to do. Uh, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell uh, in this film, and you know what? I'm not not even going to uh, spend a lot of time on the story. It's it's a, a typical uh, buddy comedy, uh, buddy comedy where they're completely uh, different characters that there's no reason they should even be friends or even connect to each other, and somehow they find a way to do it. Uh, there's nothing new here, absolutely nothing new here. So I'm not going to waste really much much more of the show's time by, by talking about this film. Um, other than uh, people did laugh because uh, I think they 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 see the jokes coming and like okay I'm gonna laugh at these jokes that I've already seen a dozen times. So um, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I'm, I'm giving it a C minus. Uh, could give it a lot less, but uh, but a C minus because uh, well. It was just a little less than average for me. If I'd seen something new in this, uh, I, I could have bumped it up. But uh, but C minus for Get Hard. Uh, that's uh, my take on uh, movies of last weekend. Let's get your thoughts on one that uh, I think that uh, people might be surprised about. Um, the uh, it was a, a film that is kind of harkening back to some of the horror films that you and I grew up with. Yeah, it follows. Yeah, uh, this was a horror film that. Uh had been getting some word. Well, originally they were just going to throw it out there in a couple of theaters in the big cities, L.A., New York, and then they were going to you know, just give it a video on-demand release and didn't really think that it was going to do much. And the word of mouth was really strong on it. Uh, reviews were very positive, like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you can't hardly find a negative review on this film on Rotten Tomatoes. And so with all that word of mouth and strong buzz, they decided to go with the a full theatrical release on it, and uh, I'm glad they did because it is uh, a very effective horror film, probably one of the most effective horror films I've seen since I'd probably have to go back to Sinister was the last one that that got to me like this one did. Um, The writer-director here is David Robert Mitchell, and he, you know, what he does here is on a fraction of the budget that that all those, uh, the, the latest pack of, 
studio projects that we're used to seeing have in their corner. I mean, uh, and all of those films are always PG-13. Those horror films like Ouija and Annabelle and that kind of stuff is, you know, those are all uh, PG-13 outings. He goes for a full R here, but but the the R rating is not because there's gratuitous violence or any of that. There's there's some nudity. Uh, you know, it's mainly for just adult content. It, um, but he, it's uh, you, but but you feel like he has a little more freedom by having the R rating. You know, these films like Annabelle and Ouija uh, are kind of restrained because of their PG-13 rating, and you and that kind of hurts them, I think, especially when it comes to a horror film. But anyway, uh, it follows owes more than a passing debt to a lot of the horror movie directors that we knew when we were growing up, like Wes Craven and John Carpenter and George Romero. Uh, it really has the feel of the 1978 Halloween, for sure, uh, because it has this really eerie synthesizer score, and the film is lensed in widescreen, as uh, John Carpenter used to lens all of his horror films in that period. And uh, it's set up against this backdrop of early fall, kind of like uh, Halloween was. If you remember, there's all the falling leaves and all of that stuff that you see there. And, and same thing here. Um, anyway, uh, but the film's plot, it, it's uh, set around Detroit, Michigan, uh, and there's all these decaying houses where, you know, because of the economic depression that's going on up there. And there's an opening set piece where you see a dead woman lying on the beach with her limbs twisted beyond recognition. Oh, wow. And then uh, the film introduces us to this young girl. Her name is Jay, and her she's dating this mystery man, Hugh, that nobody seems to know anything about. And then they have a, a, a sexual liaison that, that's inappropriate and... Uh, she finds out that uh, because of the sexual liaison, uh, she has there, there's a there's a, a spirit that has been unleashed on her, and it's passed by sexually. It's sexual transmission is the oh, only wow. way to get it to stop following you. Oh wow! Basically, oh wow! That's the plot of the film, and so and you have to do the same thing. You have to pick a random stranger, and and or or, or either somebody who's a willing participant. And uh, that's the only way that the that the spirit will stop following you is through sexual transmission. So, uh, I guess you can read a lot more into this film, <laughs> its plot, it, than than what's at face value. But it's it's an interesting take on this. And and the ear the the what makes the film so eerie are the scenes of this because because this uh, the spirit can take the form of anything. It can take the form of one of your best friends, a family member, uh, or just a, a random stranger. And you never know, and you just you never know what whether when you see something following you, if it's a real person or if it's the the the, the entity that that is following these people around. So it's it's kind of unnerving, and there's some really disturbing imagery there that uh, kind of like the stuff you saw in the original Insidious. So anyway, there's the, the only complaint I have personally about the film is that it has one of these non-endings where it just stops and there's no real resolution no real conclusion it just comes to an end okay just the camera just fades out and you know i'm not a fan of that kind of stuff uh that 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 seems to be a really big thing these days and it's it's getting to be more the norm than not and i really think it's a lazy way of uh, it, it's lazy sloppy filmmaking because it's almost as if you've you've taken the audience to a certain point and then you're not willing to to take them to a logical conclusion and give them something that's satisfactory 
after all after the journey that you've taken them on previously and i just i don't know there's something about that i really it really kind of aggravates me or doesn't sit well with me but but that's just me uh some people will probably forgive it for that i'm going to give it a solid b plus it's definitely worth seeing and it's if you're looking for a good horror film go and seek out it follows okay good deal man i appreciate you sharing that uh do you want to share um, something that's opening in some very select theaters this weekend? It's a documentary um, on the police, but it's taken from the perspective of Andy Summers. Uh, the name of the, the film is Can't Stand Losing You, uh, Surviving the Police. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Summers' take on uh, you know what it was like to be a part of that group and even how that group was formed. Um, it, it really even goes back to... Um, you know, even the late 60s and, and uh, his love of, of music and different tiles of music uh, follows the police through uh, kind of their fusion of pop, reggae, and jazz and how uh-huh. that happened and why it happened. And I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for, um, I'll call them rockumentaries. I'm a, I'm a sucker for you know, documentaries on rock groups. And, uh, and this one, you know, just hearing it from somebody else's perspective, uh, and hearing somebody from the inside kind of tell their story, their memoir, if you want to call it that, it's worth checking out. Um, it it uh, was released, actually, I think back in 2012, 2013, but there's some things that have happened for it, and now it's uh, available here in, uh, in the U.S. Um, as of last week on uh, some particular sites, I think some video-on-demand sites and in select theaters. But, uh, you know, hard to believe it, but uh, you know, Andy Summers, I think he's like 72 years old now. That's, that's, wow, that's crazy, man. Wow, are you kidding man. me? Now, he, was a, he was a bit older uh, than the others. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. Uh, I, would, I would definitely recommend it uh, for fans of music, fans of music documentaries, and fans of the police uh, just to see his take on that. Uh, but that's called uh, Can't Stand Losing You, Surviving the Police. Well, man, uh, let's uh, let's dive into um, some of our favorite Will Ferrell movies. But before we do, let me ask you a question. Just get your your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, several years ago in the '90s, uh, there was this uh, this actor, this comic actor who everybody was wanting to put in his films because he was all about the money. We're talking about Chris Tucker. You know, the Rush Hour films, and he just you know, every time you turn around, he was in a new film, a new film, a new film, a new film. I'm feeling that's happening now with Kevin Hart. And, uh, you know, this, this year we've seen him, um, you know, the past couple of years we've seen him in Ride Along. Um, what was it? Uh, Think Like a Man was one of those. Uh, Think Like a Man 2, uh, About Last Night, uh, The Wedding Ringer. Yeah, every time we're turning around, we're seeing him pop in, up in things. Like the five-year engagement was another one just, you know, a few years ago. Um, do you think that... Um, that we're going to see kind of the end of Kevin Hart in, uh, sometime in the near future? Or are we going to see uh, him surviving this and having a long career? What are your thoughts? Well, we, we can only hope, personally. Uh, Which part? Hope that, he's, <laughs> hope that he survives or hope that he, hoping, we see the end hoping of he, Hoping he disappears. Okay, but, uh, all right. I mean, I wish the guy, I don't wish the guy any ill will or ill health, but uh, he's not uh, not my... Not not the kind of uh, thing that I appreciate. I just I don't get him. I don't get him at all. I don't get his sense of humor. I don't find him funny. Um, I just I just he his the novelty and his popular of his humor and his popularity it just escapes me all of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, yeah. But there is a danger of burnout there. I mean, he he did do the um, uh, about last night remake last year, which right. he was fairly effective in that because yeah. his 
loud, um, obnoxious persona actually served the film well because he took over the Jim Belushi role right, in that right, film. Right. So that actually, I guess, if the right project comes along, he's, yeah. he's tolerable to a certain level. But but these comedies, they're just so unfunny yeah. uh, to me. Yeah. And, I'm uh, right there with you. As as is he. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll see. He, he does have three projects coming up in uh, 2016. One called Central Intelligence. Uh, right along two. Uh, slated for January of 2016, and then uh, an Untitled Pets project, which uh, he'll be doing voice work for that. So uh, he's he's got some jobs lined up, and I'm I'm sure probably a few other things are going to be seeing him in as well. But just want to get your take because I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I'm uh, not either. Uh, okay, well let's let's talk Will Ferrell, the other half of Get Hard, and uh, we've got about about five minutes to share some of your favorite Will Ferrell movies. Well, how about let's uh, go back and uh, what's the first thing you remember seeing him in? Uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, before that, I'll have to predate that a little bit. I remember seeing him as Mustafa in Austin Powers. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Yeah, he's in the second one, too, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, those, are, those are the two things I remember seeing him in. Uh, but, you know, there were a couple of, uh, you know, things that he appeared in uh Around that time, you know, late '90s, there was uh, he was in that uh, Richard Nixon the 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 thing about the two girls that that are at the Watergate. Uh, oh at yes, the White House, at yep. the Watergate yep. Hotel when Watergate takes place yep. or whatever the yeah. Watergate burglary. That Dick was yes. the name of it. Yeah, I remember and he's that. In Superstar with yeah. Molly Shannon. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, that yeah, was really it was really pretty bad. bad. Yes, it was. And he's in Jay, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I had totally forgotten about that until I was. But now they're doing a sequel to Zoolander, and he's going to re- do a, uh, reprise his role from the 2001, the original Zoolander as Mugato. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of interesting. That uh, of course I'm sure they're going to, have to pay him a lot more than they did back then. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, man. Yeah. But old school, I guess, was the first yeah. real. Uh, that's probably the first real big box office breakthrough that he had. Yeah. That, and then later on the same year, Elf. That yes. one-two punch of Elf yeah. and Old School were two, the two. Uh, I think, if you ask me. Yeah, those those were both great, and 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 both of those to me are I I consider both of those classics. I mean, Elf has, yeah. has become a a modern day Christmas classic, and Old School was just a, it's it's a classic comedy, and uh, you know some great uh, great cast uh, in that film. Uh, as well, uh, Todd Phillips, I believe, directed that. Um, but I think I'm trying to think. Luke Wilson, I think, was in that. Maybe Juliette Lewis. Uh, no, Vin- mm-hmm. I know Vince Vaughn was in it as well. So, um, yeah, had a had a good fun cast along with uh, with Farrell. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, around that time, yeah, that's where he, things really started to pick up for him. And of course, he did An- Anchorman. The Ron Burgundy. Oh film. yes, oh yes. You know, he, and uh, that was in oh, oh four, and then he was in the uh, the Woody Allen movie Melinda and Melinda. I don't know if you remember that or not. That you know, was actually, yeah, not bad. Yeah, and and for me, you know, one of my favorites was one that you you really got a chance to see uh, that you could be he could be more than just some goofy guy on screen uh, in Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, that's a great uh, movie. With, yeah. with Emma Thompson. I just, I loved that movie uh, I from, do too. from 06. And I'd like to see him do more of it. I would too. he's been doing. Uh, you know this this same tired shtick that he's been been doing for so long, but that uh, you know that that's I mean whatever works I guess. Yeah, and, <laughs> but and, yeah, and I'd love to see more of that. You're right. You know, and you know it's it's 
sure, we, we criticize and we, we give reviews, but um, the thing is he, he doesn't claim to be a, an actor from the standpoint of a, an Oscar-winning kind of guy. You know, yeah. For him, he's a movie star. And from that standpoint, as long as he's getting offered jobs, as long as he's getting offered roles, you know, if the money's right, he's going to take it. And and I'm not blaming him for that at all. I'm just saying, as a as a, a fan of movies, I wish he would make better choices because, I, you know, I, I I will not sit through another Land of the Lost kind of film. Um, you know, Land of the Lost I thought was horrible. Um, you know, there are quite a few films that he did that I just did not think were were, were worth checking out. But Bewitched. I, you know, well, you know, there were things about Bewitched that I liked, and I was going to mention Bewitched. Um, yeah. You know, I, I could sit through that, and and you know, um, I, I was hoping for more, uh, expecting more, but I could sit through that at least. Um, but uh, but yeah, some of the the others, I just man, I. You know, there's only so many times I can watch Talladega Nights. Now, it was I, I thought it was funny, but um, you know, I'm sure not going to sit through and uh, and watch uh, his ice skating uh, fiasco, Blades of Glory. That's just you know, wow. You know, that that's when I got <laughs> that's when it got to a point. It was like, okay, he's going to do the very same thing, but he's just going to be a different kind of sports star this time. Uh, you know, did it in Semi Pro. Uh, you know, Blades of Glory. It's like, okay, it's the very same film. But uh, but the thing is, Will Ferrell continues to find roles, um, continues to bring people to the box office. Maybe not uh, you know huge numbers, but you know last week it was a kind of a, a one-two punch with with Hart and with uh, with Ferrell in, in the movie Get Hard and open at number two. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still got some box office clout for yep. sure. And of course, like I said, he's got the uh, he's got the, the Zoolander sequel in the works right, right. now. So. Right. Uh, you know, we'll, All right. we'll see. We we'll will. See okay. We can... uh, well, we're about out of time, but any other um, movies you want to make sure you mention? Uh, well, I think we hit on uh, just about all the, the Will Ferrell there. Okay, uh, good deal. Well, any uh, final thoughts, final comments, uh, any recommendations for the weekend for what people should uh, should check out either in theaters well, or Well, uh, Fast home? and Furious 7, of okay. course. Uh, you know that's the one. Ever. That's a go-to yep. film uh, or you know, Furious 7, whatever yep. they're calling it. Yeah. You know, that, that's what everybody's going to be seeing. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it's and, and this is amazing. Almost in 4,000 theaters, and yeah. uh, that is huge. I mean, in, in comparison to, you know, most films in wide release, you know, you're looking 25, 2,800 this time of year. So for almost 4,000 theaters, that's that's saying a lot, and there's nothing else being released this week in wide release, nothing. Yeah, uh, a lot of limited release stuff. Woman in Gold is the you know it released only about thirty more theaters, I think. Um, but wow, that's that's saying something, uh, and it's got a shot of hanging on for a couple of weeks. I think at, at that spot. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Uh, well, man. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think Home and Furious are going to dominate the. Oh, and real quickly, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about Will Ferrell. That, and I don't know if we mentioned this. He and Kristen Wiig have shot a secret Lifetime original movie called A Deadly Adoption. Okay. Okay. Did not know about that. Okay. Yeah. I have to keep my eyes April open. Fools. Oh, dude. <laughs> a day oh, dude. You're bad. You're bad. You got me, man. You got me. I'm like, what? Uh, what is that? That's good. That's right. very good. Awesome. Well, until uh, next time. I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. You have been listening to Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap. Yep.